0: Alright, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 254, and we have a whale of a podcast for you. The Lakers are not looking good. Drew is not impressed. How are the Clippers already on mode management? And how the hell is Luca Fatigan? again? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music.
1: What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody?
0: You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 254. I I just want you guys to understand what Drew and I have to go through to put on these shows. <laughs> All right, and Drew's laughing. This is only going to take a minute before we get into basketball. But for those that listen, I've been mentioning my rare eye disease that no doctor in Southern California can figure out. Uh, it has occurred in both of my eyes this week. I been, haven't have been able to see. I can't be, see sunlight. I can't be around uh, bright TVs. It has been horrific. And not to mention my amazing MacBook Pro that I've had for <laughs> four years, who I've, has given me no problems. Drew, I haven't even told you this story yet. Gave me ma- major problems. I got an appointment at the Genius Bar, Went, drove up to Mission Viejo, went to the Genius Bar. I got this older lady named Donna to talk to me, and I was already upset because I'm like, yo, can I get one of the kids? I, I need one of the guys. Right. right?
1: Donna, that, that, yeah, that doesn't sound promising right there. It didn't.
0: It didn't, Drew. And I opened my laptop, not even telling her what's wrong yet. She rubs the mouse section, and she's all, oh, she's swollen. And I'm like, what? The heck? I rolled my eyes. I'm like, swollen? What does this mean? Right? Tell her what my issue is.
1: Donna, Donna, the MacBook doula. That's what we got happening here.
0: Dude, Uh, she's like, immediately looks at it. She's all, oh, it's your battery. She looks swollen. So I'm like, all right, that's not really the issue I'm having. But she ran diagnostics, turned the iPad around and was like, yeah, see, diagnostics, it's your battery. So anyways, I sent $200 to get it fixed. They sent it to, to Memphis to get fixed or whatever. I got it back today, opened it up, and it's the same exact issue. Like that nothing they got a new battery, the computer looks great. I know. Was on the phone with Apple, with Apple Care, whatever. So, anyways, I have another meeting on Monday that I have to drive up to get. So I am now doing this. Drew is on his home computer. I am on my iPad. So if there's any uh, audio issues, it's all my fault. It has nothing to do with Drew. (laughs) This is Apple's
1: fault. This is Apple's fault, really. It's It's all Apple's fault. It's not your fault. Yeah.
0: Fix my computer. That's it. <laughs> but Drew's going to tell you why we had to postpone yesterday, because we really wanted to cover some, some basketball yesterday. And you guys are not going to believe this. This is an I shit you not story. Let it go, Drew.
1: Yeah, well, so <laughs> my, my wife and I are up at, her, at, our, at my in-law's house up in Oxnard on the beach. And we're up here for a couple days. It's been beautiful, gorgeous. And then one afternoon, it's like two days ago, Uh, I'm looking outside. They happen to be on the beach. So you can see the ocean looking outside and I see something floating in the ocean clips. And my first thought is like, oh, this is like a capsized boat. There's like some some boat is drifted in or like sank or something. And as I get closer to outside and I'm taking a, a longer look at this, I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of seagulls sitting on top of this thing. I was like, that doesn't look like a boat. And lo and behold, it's a humpback whale. It's a, it is a full on humpback whale that is upside down and has unfortunately ceased to live. It is, it's a, it, we have a beached whale situation. You know, the the first thing in my mind was like the Seinfeld episode came into my mind. There's all these things that from frame of reference from movies or shows that we The waves had. were angry, my friend.
0: <laughs> the waves were angry that day, my friend.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this is this is crazy. I never I never in my whole life ever thought that I would encounter a situation like this. And when I say, you know, uh, the one nice part about the, the, the proximity from the house, even though we are on the sand here to the to the water is it's a it's a long beach. It's it's pretty far out there. Right. So it's not the whale is not just outside the patio door, if you will. Right. Like we have a Maybe a quarter mile. <laughs> it's a long beach. Uh, maybe three football fields is maybe the better way to, to say it um, of sand before you get to the water. So, you know, obviously I'm curious. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Can we save? It? Can the whale be saved? Well, I go outside and I go inspect, and and it, it cannot be saved. It's already it's toast. It's done. What are you going to do, anyways, Drew? What are you going to What are you going to do? You going to push it back in the water? No, no. The saving wouldn't happen from me but, but I could alert somebody to, to get somebody who could save a whale potentially out here. You know, I could do, I could be helpful that way, but no, uh, that was not to be. And what has unfolded over the last two days now is like, what, what do you do with a dead whale on the beach? Right. It's just on the beach. It's just chilling. Like it's kind of going a little bit back and forth in the waves and it's just on the sand now. So, the the good folks here up in Oxnard, at that <laughs> whatever city owns this beach, brought a crane out. I'm talking about like a like a bulldozer type uh, equipment. Um, not so. How do I say this? Like an excavator, not a bulldozer, but like one that has a crane, like the, this the the yes the stereotypical well, something that would move a whale. Yes, yeah, exactly. I don't know what to call this thing, but they they use the arm and they they roll this whale up to where it's out of the water now, up onto the top of the sand. And I was like, cool, all right, they're going to get it out of here. No. The whale sits there for roughly 48 hours. Within those, maybe 36 hours. Within those 36 hours, we had uh, 85 degree temperatures, clips. Not great for fish, as we know. Fish do not like 85 degrees. Uh, And yesterday... As as the time approached for us to do this podcast, the the stench had reached a level to where I was inside this house, windows closed, wearing a mask, like fully wearing my COVID mask, and, and was still gagging because of the stench of the of the whale carcass that is rotting, you know, two football fields away from, from our patio door here. So we left. I mean, we just couldn't do it. I, I, I dragged my wife to a brewery. Why well, I say dragged, she was very willing to leave the house because it was, it was horrendous. Um, and, and thankfully, within the two hours that we spent drinking beer, the whale was removed. And today, it's fantastic. We're back to normal. It's almost like, it, honestly, if you were gone for four days, you would have no idea that the whale experience had happened. But Clips, to your point, though, uh, we, we have to overcome a lot of obstacles to get this shit out every week. But what I want to do is when this happened, the day that it happened, I said to myself, this feels like a bad omen. This doesn't Ooh. feel like a good thing. Like, why is it happening here? We're only up here maybe maybe four or five weeks out of, out of a full year. Maybe, maybe a little bit more than that, but that's, that's not a lot of time we spend here. And, and it's while we're here. Not only that, Clips, but it was the morning after the Lakers opener, the, mm. the, the losing game to the, the Golden State Warriors. So I could only, in, in a logical sense, I could only make the correlation here. The whale is a metaphor, a bad omen for this Lakers season. It's terrible. We're bloated. And we're rolling up on the sand, and we're just dead. We're, we're, I mean, we're two games in the year. I, I think. I think our, our any type of title run is has to be faded away. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Well, but that's where, you know what? That's where I'm at with it now.
0: All right. Well, you know, first off, RIP to Willie. You know, hope he's in in whale heaven somewhere. Same. But so um, But I, I was I wanted to start elsewhere because I know this this was tough loss for the Lakers. I know the Laker fans have Thrown in the towel already. I think it's so crazy the overreactions, especially after one and two games. Not necessarily <laughs> particularly with the Lakers, but it's like on Bleacher Report today they said MVP ladder, and it's like, yo, we're two days in, all right. So like, I'm not going to take a. I didn't take a lot away from you know Brooklyn losing that first game to to the Pelicans, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we can take a lot away from what's going on with the Lakers. It's blatantly obvious that uh, the shooting that we have both been just screaming at these guys for, you know, I got to give a shout out to our girl, uh, Iman from the dishes and dimes pod. I posted it on our page, but she tweeted out, she's like, Lakers had one job to get a shooter. And front office was like, nah, right. Like, nah, we're not going to do that. And it's, it's, I don't think it's, it's not all Russell Russell Westbrook's fault. It's not all uh, you know, Lonnie Walker's fault. It's not all LeBron and AD's fault because the one positive thing you could take away from the Lakers right now is like, shit, Anthony Davis looks great, right? And LeBron looks looks great. It's the shooting that sucks. And if anybody's to blame, it's like we've been saying for the past couple months, the front office, who you just extend Rob Polinka one more time. I don't understand why you did that, but it's not fun to watch at all. You would expect them to lose that Golden State game. And to be honest with you, that Clipper game, I wasn't comfortable with it at all. And I, I, we're not going to talk about the Clippers yet. But we, we could have lost that game had the Lakers hit 20% of their shots, correct? So are you right now, like every other Laker fan, are you just throwing in the towel? You're giving it up. I'm seeing fans cuss out Russell Westbrook. And I think there was some validity to what Chuck said. Like Chuck had said opening night, on TNT, like yo, the, the the Lakers have taken the joy out of this man's game. Like he doesn't look like he's having fun. And as much as Russell wants to say like he doesn't pay attention to the media or the fans, you do. And guess what, Drew? My Apple iPod Air- AirPods <laughs> just went out. So you know what? I'm throwing those to the side. We're now using the iPad. <laughs> Audio. I don't care anymore. There's no mic. There's no headphones. We, we're going to keep this show on the road. So back to what I was saying, though. Um, if I was Russell Westbrook, I wouldn't want to be playing in L.A. anyways right now. Everybody hates him. They're over him. They want to find a scapegoat. It's going to be him throughout the rest of the season. For whatever reason, nobody wants to put blame on Palenka, except for like the real media, the people that actually know basketball, because this is his fault. This is this is what it is. I'm not ready to say the Lakers are going to, you know, be the worst team in the NBA because they're going to be able to figure something out. And, you know, there was a, a post this morning were like, well, there's rumblings that, who is it, Rodney Magruder? Or it was one of former Clipper that I really Oh, liked Harkless. Him. Harkless, who I love, right? But it's like, that's great. You're going to get Harkless as another wing, but that's not your answer. No. So are you on the ledge or are you not? What's going on?
1: Well, look, man, I I, I have to start with this maybe maybe on the brighter side of things is I was really bummed out about last year. I expected the Lakers to come out very flat in these first two games. And while they did on some level, they were – the Lakers were more impressive – than I expected. So I think that maybe sets the, the stage for where I am mentally. I had zero hope that this was going to look good. I also didn't think we were going to win the game against the Warriors or the game against the Clippers. So with that mindset going into the start of the season, I'm actually kind of like pleasantly surprised with how decent we've been. And to your point, we are not going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA because we just we're, we're just good enough to get past, you know, really like the bad teams in the NBA, right? And, and finish with like a, you know, eight, 8, 9, 10 seats, very similar to last year, I think is kind of what, if we keep all of this exactly as it is, what we'll probably look at. Simply because we know LeBron is not going to have shooting nights like this for the entire season. The rest of the team, including Patrick Beverly, including Russell Westbrook, including Anthony Davis, we have seen them have, Poor shooting stints that have lasted a long time. LeBron, in particular, I know will just—he's probably just needs more reps or whatever. But the shooting clips is obvious, right? The Lakers were 19 of 85 from three mm. in the first two games of this of the year, and you go, "Wow, that seems like a lot of threes for <laughs> a team that doesn't that can't fucking shoot." Drew, Drew, let me interrupt you really
0: fast. Yeah. I had our ho- I
1: had our homie
0: Glue over here watching the game. He wanted to come over. Shout out to Glue. He listens to the show. He came over rocking his Kareem jersey, nice. and it's funny because when they said that stat, that, that it was say what well, it was nineteen for eighty four, right? Nineteen for eighty five. Nineteen for eighty five. And Glue and we were talking, and Glue heard it, and he's like nineteen for eighty five, and I'm like, Nah, dude, that can't. That, that's a typo. That's wrong, right? And then they said it again, and we both looked at each other. We're like, Oh shit, that's
1: that's really bad. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it, you're setting it up because it's not really bad. It's historically the worst shooting from three point, like percentage wise, from three point land in the NBA's history. Okay, so what we know is that's not going to necessarily continue. Just as a team, you're going to you're you're going to make more. It's it you know there's just a law of of of, of probability. You're going you're to make more than you have been in these first two games. However, the more that we get, might just be you know, 21 out of 85, the next 85 shots, it might not be, you know, 20, 30, 40 out of 85, and certainly definitely not 40 out of 85. So if I'm going to stick with the, the mentality that I've had thus far, as I'd like to, I'm not ready to switch. I'm not going to get enraged. It's only two games in lots going to happen here in the next couple months, but sticking with my same mentality I was pleasantly surprised with our energy levels. I'm I am relatively happy with Russell Westbrook's involvement. Like he mm-hmm. he was 0 for 11 in the in the game against the Clippers, but he was only took 11 shots. It, right. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So you really when when you're this bad, you really have to pick these things out to be like, well, that was good, right? So Russell mm-hmm. 0 for 11, but he, he wasn't over 12, wasn't over 15, wasn't over 20. So that's a positive. We take that. And I just think, generally speaking, you saw it in the fourth quarter, like the potential, the third and fourth quarters against that Clipper game, against against the Clippers, we saw the potential of when Russell Westbrook buys in, even even just to defend his own honor, because they were just trying to post him up. They were trying to post Kawhi up on him, and he was just not going to have it, right? So he just, he used all of his athletic ability and energy levels to get to those balls and make things happen and get us out in transition and things like that. So- silver linings clips and these are the thinnest the very thinnest of silver linings these are not thick bolded Mm. silver no no very very like tinfoil silver linings here it's that anthony davis looks relatively fine i guess Mm. i'm very nervous every time something happens to him lebron looks to be in great shape austin reeves looks fucking fantastic lonnie walker looks looks good kendrick none looks good it's just none of these guys can hit a fucking shot right now um we're owing to and we're 0-2 to teams that I truly expect to be in the semifinals of the Western Conference uh, when, the, when the year is over. And, and potentially those two teams could meet in the Western Conference finals. And one of those two teams could very easily make the finals and win a championship. So if we're 0-2, 0-2 to those teams, both in which we actually kept it a lot closer than I expected us to keep it, mm-hmm. that's the silver lining. Now, moving forward – We did. We signed a guy. His name is Matt Ryan. It's not the quarterback for your Indianapolis Colts. This kid is a shooter. He played a little bit in both games, has struggled to make a shot. This was an an absolute must from Rob Palenka going like, okay, fine. Like, we need a shooter. I'll just literally grab the last available shooter that that is in the league or even just like partially in the league and throw him on the roster and be like, okay. I feel bad for Matt Ryan because everyone knows that he's the shooter. And I mean, everyone on the team of the Lakers, everyone in the stands in the fucking Staples Center or Crypto.com arena, and everyone on the opposing team knows that he is the quote unquote shooter, along with Cole Swider, who's not getting any reps until the very, very end of games. Matt Ryan, this is a fucking terrible spot for any shooter, especially any shooter who just made the team by the skin of their teeth. Because now, oh, you're the shooter. That means you're expected to make, like, every fucking shot. Mm-hmm. You're expected that pressure that he's going to get. He's playing maybe 15 to 20 minutes a game. Maybe he's going to play that. Probably closer to 10 to 15 minutes a game. And he's going to take some shots, and they're not always going to fall. So I just hope that the pressure – because the kid is a good shooter. He's a very good shooter. I just hope that the pressure on him eases a bit and we can deflect it because as much as Russ and AD and LeBron and everyone else is feeling that pressure, the guy that signed a contract to be the shooter is not hitting. And that's going to make him, I I can only, I can only see it making it harder for him to hit those open shots. Same thing with Austin Reeves. That's my end. That's the end of what I have to say is the end of my rant. I apologize. (laughs) That was a lot.
0: No, it's look, man, your silver linings. I thought their defense was good. They were, like you said, energetic. I thought they, you know, towards the end there in that third quarter, like you said, played Kawhi really well. They got some big steals. Russell, I mean, the issue is, man, is these shots that the Lakers are getting, most of them were not contested. They all got really good looks at it. Pat could not hit the, you know, couldn't Which hit means anything. the offense
1: is working, right? Silver linings. Yeah. Offense is working because we're getting open shots. We're yeah, hitting they're, the open they're, shot. they're just not falling.
0: And I do, I do honestly feel that
1: the Clippers could have lost that game yeah and uh probably should have honestly we we probably should have won that game the way that it went in the fourth quarter it was all going to us and then in the last you know three minutes we just could not hit a shot Drew, I wasn't that impressed with my boys I was extremely happy
0: that we got everybody on the floor I thought it was so weird so I, I haven't said this yet to any Clipper fans or anything but that you know there before the game Ty's like oh well Kawhi is going to come off the bench, right? right? And everybody kind of made a big deal about it. And I was getting texts like, what do you think about Kawhi coming off the bench? And the first thing I said was, I'm fine with it. Like if Ty thinks Kawhi should come off the bench, I'm fine. I think this was a, a flex by Ty Lue. Yeah. A flex, and the flex is Slapping this. Slapping the face
1: it, to the Lakers.
0: That's what I think it I – I thought it was a low-key, subtle flex. You don't even that, like, need Kawhi. Was, well, no. Well, I don't think it's that. I think it's more like, look – For the past six months, or even through last year, should Russell come off the bench? And then Russell's upset about it, like, I've never come off the bench. And then the fake hamstring injury, like, oh, well, it's because I've been sitting on the bench, right? And there's this huge narrative about Russell coming off the bench, and it's a big deal, right? And I think it was Ty like, you know what? All right, we're going to bring Kawhi off the bench. And Kawhi was perfectly cool with it. And honestly, we were up sixteen at one point. Yep. If we if it went to twenty five or thirty, I don't think Kawhi plays opening night. I really don't. But we needed Kawhi to come in that game. Um, he looked great when he came in. I just don't see why. Like you can limit minute. You can limit minutes by starting a player. You don't need to not start a player to limit minutes. I think there was just ways around that that Ty could have gone. That's why I think it's more of a flex. Like, look, we can. We're gonna tell our superstar. Like, like, our whole our whole organization is riding on this guy. We're going to tell him we're going to need him to come off the bench, and he's not going to say a thing. He's going to be cool with it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I also think that like the thing that I was saying too, like the, the more obvious flex, yours yours makes a lot of sense to me, and it's something I didn't mm. I didn't think of. The more obvious flex is just to the Lakers organization be like, we could start Kawhi. We could he. It's game one. We could nah. Not only are we not going to start, he's not going to play in the first quarter. He's not going to play until five minutes before halftime. How about fucking that? And we're up 16. How about that? Lakers right. Lakers home game. Like, you know, take that, you know? So I, I do think both of those apply. And I think both of those showed out really nicely, except for the fact that you guys got a little cold in the in the second half as well from the floor. But um, on the Lakers thing, the last thing I want to say is, is while I am choosing silver linings, the defense and the rebounding, those mm-hmm. two things have to improve. Like shooting, I expect it to get better, right? I think it's okay to have a couple nights where you're cold, it will get better. It's not going to be good. The shooting will never be good with this roster, but it's going to get better than, than rock fucking bottom, than historically terrible. It's going to get better than that. The defense and the rebounding has to improve because not only are we letting opponents, especially like the Warriors in that Warriors game, get wide fucking open shots, when they miss those wide open shots, we're not collecting the rebound. And those two things have to change. I don't care who's on the roster, who's on the floor. Those two things have to change. And I think the shooting will just kind of slowly, hopefully fucking a get a little bit better. We can't be the worst shooting team in history. Do you have one more last thing about the Lakers? Cause that's the third last thing. Do you want one more last thing? I think I covered it all. I think I got all of it. I, there might be one more last thing. You want me to check Let me see if I can pull one. More out <laughs> no, you don't.
0: Um, I do think that like it's funny the Clippers are already in midseason load management, and we're not even we're not even two games into the season for yes. us. And it's going to be like that. Look, we're on a back to back. We have Sacramento tonight and Phoenix tomorrow. I already knew that Kawhi was probably going to play against Phoenix, not against Sacramento. Now yeah. John Wall's not going to play. Uh, I'm going to keep it very short with the Clippers. the The bright spots for me were Zubac looked really good. Like the, yeah. the issue with Zub in his first few years is like he kind of shies away from like the big talent, the, 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 uh, uh, the Jokers, the ADs, you know, the Embiids. And we, we saw Joker in preseason that he played really well against. I thought he did really good against uh, AD. I mean, the numbers were there. It was double, double. I think it was 16 and 14. He had John wall looked very good. It looks like he's comfortable with that mid range jumper. He's quick. He got to the, to the rack a few times really well. He needs to get his legs under him. I I, I was pleased with the game. I wasn't like in awe of it. Paul George did not have a great game. Um, and I, I'm, I have a lot riding on PG this year. Um,
1: it's going to take some time. Yeah. So I, I was just going to say, I think, I think that, that Clipper game, the reason it felt so weird is that's the difference between one game played in the season for one team and zero games played in the season for one team. Right? Like the Lakers at least had a game under their belt. And they they, they also were lost that game, right? So there's Mm -hmm. a little additional motivation. There's an additional, uh, you know, cohesiveness to that, like actually having to play a game, having a rotation, having all that kind of settled versus you guys, this is your first game. (laughs) It's your first game of the season. I think that that was, in my opinion, it was like legs, a little fatigue legs and some different, like getting used to who's on the court for the Clippers in that weird second half.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. The, again, the positive is seeing Kawhi come out hit his first two jumpers. I think he's going to need, I mean, the guy hasn't played in 18 months. So that's going to take some time. And yeah. again, having the luxury of going into game two and being like, all right, well, Wall's not going to play and Kawhi's not going to play. That's going to be fine because we're, and even though Sacramento looks good, they're not, it's not going to be a pushover team at all. But when you have the luxury to be like, okay, Batum's going to start or Rocco's going to start, and then we're going to have T Man or, 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 you know Luke, whoever else is gonna is gonna play in John's spot. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I'm really curious about the Phoenix game because you know I hate the Phoenix Suns <laughs> so much, like with a passion. But I want to get into a couple other teams. We got to see a lot of basketball in the last couple of days. If you guys didn't know, League Pass is free for the next couple of days. You can watch all these guys. But I kind of want to get into that. The the first team that we've seen twice is Boston, right? And I want to to kind of go back on a couple of things that we had said. We were both very concerned that, you know, without Ime being there, we didn't really necessarily know what this team was going to be. Uh, There's no Robert Williams for at least, you know, for a a few more weeks. So we were kind of up in the air on their productivity and what kind of team they're going to be. And to me, I mean, it was from the jump, man. Like Jason Tatum is that guy. And we saw it a lot in the playoffs last year. We kind of, you know, I think he still thinks about that finals. But something that, was, that came to me when I was watching that first game, Jason looked extremely comfortable, right, in every shot that he took. And it just reminded me of, of baseball. This is a baseball analogy, but, like, the greatest hitters in the world, like the best hitters, like Tony Gwynn and Ichiro and, you know, these guys, there comes a time that great hitters in baseball where the baseball starts to look like a watermelon, right? And, like, it doesn't matter if you throw 95, 100, like, they're going to hit it. Because the game slows down and becomes easier for them. And in that first game, with the shot selection that Jason was taking, I was just saying to myself, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, he gets it now, right? And like Kobe and like the great players, basketball is like chess. And you start seeing moves, you know, ahead. And it looked like that game, Jason was picking his spots, getting to his spots, not taking the bad shots. And the team Jalen Brown's going to get his love this year because he's going to force people to understand that this guy <laughs> is he, you know, you wanted to trade me this summer. Okay. But collectively as a team, um, Marcus smart and, and Grant Williams, and even seeing like the Vonley pickup Vonley is going to get some good minutes. Blake will get some good minutes and I, it's going to be hard for them to ride the Horford horse for too long if because you want him okay for the playoffs. But if you have those guys like Blake and Vonley, and they got another dude in there who I don't think is getting any burn. It's the, the white boy who I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. Cornette. Um, yeah, Cornette. But uh, Grant, too, like if Grant Williams can be a P.J. Tucker 2.0, because it's, it's, it looks like that corner three for him is like his bread and butter. Yep. If he can really figure that out and be that Bruce Bowen, P.J. Tucker, be gritty on defense and knock down consistent shots, you know, they're going to be able to survive with, without Robert Williams for a while. I was really impressed with Boston, man.
1: I agree. I think they looked really strong against two really good teams also, right? Like, they, mm. they had a, a tough start. Like, the Lakers had Warriors and Clippers. Boston okay. had fucking <laughs> Sixers and Milwaukee to start. Like, that's tough. And for them to go 2-0 and in that and, then, and, and, and the fashion in which they did it, right? Tatum and Brown, 35 in the first game, both. 35. Fuck. Like that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's fantastic. Malcolm Brogdon adding his two cents looking pretty good. Uh, I think his transition in, into the lineup and into more minutes is going to happen over the course of time here. And I think he'll, his impact will continue to improve and expand within the team because I think he's very valuable. You're right though. It's, it is the Horford piece that has to have everyone worried here, even though he did great, but uh the Grant Williams thing, I, I'm pretty sure he led the league last year in corner 3 percentage. I, I don't know that to be 100% true, but I think he was at least up there if he wasn't number one. And that has to be, the Celtics peaked against the Bucks last year in the playoffs when he was hitting those shots. You'll remember that one game, he was just, he lights mm. out. He had that one game against Milwaukee and then like, I don't know if he scored double digits after that in the rest of the playoffs, including the finals, but they are definitely a uh, really juggernaut team when he is able to hit those corner threes and then his his stout presence for how short he is on the defensive end is very, very fantastic. I just, I agree. I think if he can, if he can hit stride here, the Robert Williams piece will be very important, especially against certain teams that have guys that, that he'll need to play defense against namely, you know, like Giannis and Embiid, but other teams as well. Um, but it is nice that they do have Grant Williams. Now, the Horford thing, too, I'm worried that that they're going to just gas him for the next couple months until or well, weeks, at least until Robert Williams is back. And that's when I'm worried that he's going to get hurt, because I do think when Robert Williams comes back, they have they can they can ease off his minutes a bit. But without him now, it's like, all right, we let's just get through the month of you know October, maybe the month of November and we're going to play a lot, but then we'll give you a break. You know, maybe, maybe that's the formula for the Celtics. Um, And I think something that surprised me though, Clips is, and I think I want to commend the team for this more than anything, but the buy-in it seems is there from this interim head coach, The, the the players seem to respect this guy. The players seem to, like it also seems to be the same system. Like they didn't change like anything, which is good. Yeah. Like offensively, defensively, they are still working with this and this within the same stuff. But it it does feel like they where in certain circumstances, some players might be like, "Nah, fuck this guy. Like, who the fuck is mm-hmm. this guy?" They did not. They, they 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 they. It feels like they're right back where they kind of ended, which is a surprise for me because I didn't know how that transition was going to happen there and and how smooth. It's going to be we'll see what happens here you know if if they go on this kind of a run to start the season or if they falter a bit but you if you're a boston celtics fan and i you know i have one in my life my uh my sister-in-law's boyfriend is from boston clips knows him he's, he's mm-hmm. his name is ben he's an awesome kid he was texting me last night and he goes out of, out of nowhere he just goes i think this is the year and i'm like I'm like two games in two games me too, in, ben. ben. Hey, me too, Ben. But no, but, but there is that kind of belief with the continuity that they've had mm-hmm. minus Yudoka and the continuity they've, they've had with this team and then like the specific additions, like imagine what Gallinari would look like on this team. I feel really bad that he's not able to contribute because he's exactly what they need right now. Like it, mm. it was such a, a, a really, really great signing for it to not be able to, to get him on the court is, is really tragic for this team. But, uh, fantastic start. I I would didn't expect it. I definitely didn't expect it. Yeah, going off of what you were saying, though, like I was expecting when the new
0: coach comes in, it, they kind of shake some stuff up. But that foundation that may that worked for them last season and this guy working under him, I don't think he wanted to change anything. I think you just want to double down and improve what you have. And again, like we were going through things with Boston, either it was last year or the year before. Remember when Marcus Smart's like, yo, pass the ball. Like, they're worrying about passing the ball. <laughs> right, right. And now, now that's what they're doing. And when you have a leader like Tatum who I think was in the gym, too, working out. Like, the guy look, So many NBA players this year look like, damn, they've really been working hard. Yeah. Ingram and Tatum and even Claxton in, in Brooklyn. Like, damn, he looked really good. But to start the season 2-0, and I'm not there yet where it's like, oh, well, Boston's winning, right. winning, winning at all. I'm not there. Right. But Now, one of the other teams was Philly, right? And I watched both games. But the first game, all I kept saying to myself was, what is their offensive identity? What are you trying to do, right? And again, this is Doc Rivers, who I spent a lot of years with. Doc Rivers has yet another super, extremely talented team, right? And your job as a coach is, how are we going to make this work? And when I say, what is your offensive identity? To me, all I'm seeing is... Houston all over again. Yep. Right. I'm seeing the one on one. And that first game from Embiid, the body language was horrible. Everything I saw was not in a guy trying to win it was the second Embiid. game, too. Same shit. Right. It's not a guy that looks like shit. I got something to prove and I'm trying to win MVP this year because I think that's coming from frustration of Harden only knowing one way to play. And yes, Harden does get his assists and whatnot. But I'm looking at Tyrese Maxey. And I'm like, this guy is so talented and he is going to get lost in this offense. I'm like, would it, would it work better if Tyrese comes off the bench and plays with the second team? Why is Thibault not in the game, their best perimeter defender, not in the game to play uh, Tatum or Brown, to play defense on these guys. So what is can't your hit offense? A shot? Can't I hit don't a care shot. though. I don't care. <laughs> defense, defense means a lot and defense turns into offense, right. easy buckets that you can get. So I understand you can't hit a shot, but, if we're just going to do, like I'm watching Tyrese Maxey stand in the corner, just what, what are we doing? It's like, I'm going to feed it to Embiid. Embiid's going to fall on the ground 16 times. I counted, dude. It was 16 times that first game. And then the second game, all the guy did was fall down again. The joke I was going to make was like, yo, they should make a drinking game about Embiid falling. And then the, new, the, the, the sportscaster's like, you know, he worked on falling this year. It's part <laughs> of his game. He did. He worked on how to brace his falls now. And so I'm like, Oh, that's part of his game. But that the time you're spending on the ground after a blown jumper or whatnot, or, or layup, they're going in and scoring on the other end. I want doc to come up with an offensive strategy that is going to embrace Tyrese maxi, or you need to get him out of there because you can get something great for Tyrese, but he's just going to get lost. And then like Harold doesn't play at all. Now you, you sign the Harold and free agency and you're not going to play him anymore. What, what are you doing, Doc? What did you see from Philly? Besides, I saw nothing but frustration. And Harden had two really good games, you know what I'm saying, statistically. But that kind of basketball is not – it didn't work in Houston, didn't work in Brooklyn. And it, if anybody's on the hot seat, like they said in our group chat, it's Doc, man. What if this turns out to be they're 6-10 they're going in after 16 games? Like what do you think this – what this means for Philly? Because they have all the tools, Drew.
1: They have everything there. They do. And I think the Embiid performance in game two, it, it should be an anomaly. Like that was just a really bad game, right? Like I think I think it's okay for us to chalk it up to that, that Embiid just didn't have it in game two, which is surprising for a guy who led the league in scoring last year. I'm pretty sure he led the league in scoring last year. Uh, for him to only have 15 points, uh, and he shot six of twenty-one in mm. that game against Milwaukee. By the way, uh, we were when we were talking about Boston. They actually did not play the Bucks. I feel like an idiot. We watched too many games clips. They played the they played the Heat, and that was That's on Friday adorable. night. They played the goddamn mm. Heat, and I'm getting all my wires crossed. So I Philly apologize. The Bucks. Philly played the Bucks. It was Philly and the Bucs. That's what mm. I got caught up in. Anyway, I just wanted to say that you know everything I was saying about Boston's win <laughs> still applies because it's Miami Heat. Miami mm. Heat are fantastic. Uh, but I feel like an idiot. Anyway, Embiid will not play that bad. But I think this is like if you're, if you're looking at this like uh, from a perspective of how the Sixers ended last season right? With James Harden scoring nine points or whatever it was in that final game and not taking shots to to him coming out in these first two games and dropping like almost 75 points. I think it's 76 points in two games or whatever, whatever the number is, 66 points. It's a lot of points from Harden. So that part has to be promising and you go, okay, cool. So we're, we're, we're we're Harden centric again. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go through. When does that work though, Drew? No, I I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point because it did. I mean, if you if you if you remember correctly, they should the Rockets should have beaten the Warriors at least once, probably twice. With the Harden-centric system, they just couldn't they couldn't hit that. Oh for twenty-seven from three, what was that? That, that Chris that, Paul got hurt yeah, too, right? Chris Paul and oh. it, 0 for twenty-seven or something like that. They went in that in that one Western Conference Finals match. Ooh. So it has worked better than anything Embiid has ever done. Okay, so if you're comparing the two. And we know Daryl Morey loves loves James Harden, loves him some James yes. Harden. So he's going to lean that way because that's why they got James Harden. That's why they traded Ben Simmons away. We're going to go this way. I just think uh, I think there's a reason it looks like Houston. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think that's what they're trying to do. And I think Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris and, and Tyrese Maxey just need to figure out where they can be more effective within the flow of the Harden pick and roll at the top. Because – that's just what they're going to do. It looks that way. I don't. I don't. Necessarily- Why can't Harden figure it out? Why can't Harden figure it out how to play with those guys? Well, so hold like- on. I don't think this is on Harden, though, because Harden was pass first to a fault last year and Philly couldn't figure it out. Okay. This year, he's still, I mean, in his last game, he almost had a triple double. Like, I'm not going to fault Harden for playing. What we asked of him is to be more aggressive. What we asked of him was to be in better shape. He's done both of those things. He's being more aggressive. He's in great shape. I'm not going to put this on his shoulders. This seems like a tactical decision from your guy, Doc. uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. But but maybe it's the wrong decision from Doc, but it seems like a decision has been made. They want to utilize Harden. And they want to utilize Embiid in a pick and roll, and I think there's there's definitely a way for that to succeed. Embiid's three point shots letting him down right now. Just shut his jump shot in general is letting him down right now. But I think the pick and pop, and then the pick and roll with those two, can be very fucking elite. Ooh. I do. I think there's I think there's a path to success there. I just don't think they've cracked the code yet. And I think that's I think that's okay. I think they might have some time. But I will say, like defensively. Body language, some stuff like there's definitely some problems that when you when you just look at a box score, you can't tell unless you're watching the game. I do think Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris are getting lost in this offense. They got to figure out to get them a way to get the ball moving more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also on the defensive end, like PJ's there, but everybody else, everybody else is gonna have to play some defense, right? PJ is mm-hmm. there, but he's not. The, he can't be the only guy. So uh, the tieable piece, other pieces coming. When do you play Tybal? When do you play Niang? Like how, when, when is Melton going to be the most effective, right? Cause you traded for Melton, but now it's like, he's not really even a part of the scheme. It feels like he's a little disconnected. Uh, He's not able to do what he was doing for Memphis. So I just think, I think they're just still figuring this out, but I think that's okay. I wish they were tighter coming out of, you know, preseason. I wish it, I wish they had it, you know, moving better, working better. I'm sure all the Philly fans do too, but I think maybe, it's too, too early to judge whether or not this is going to be a winner. Because Harden had success in Houston, never had a, a Embiid to do it with. Yeah, so and that does take time. It doesn't happen overnight.
0: And I think you're, you're definitely correct on if they can get that pick and roll to work. And if you can get Embiid to make that extra pass, too. When that double team comes, Yes, you have to be able to get that corner. pass out. It's got to go know, to the
1: corner of the wing. Yeah.
0: Giannis is great at doing that, getting that double team and, and kicking the ball out and having Maxi and Tobias and whoever else uh, out there. Seth, right? Seth's not even playing yet. Seth's
1: on the Brooklyn Nets.
0: On the Nets, sorry. Well, Corkmaz. Corkmaz, baby. Corkmaz. My boy Corkmaz. I, w- I wanted to get into the Nets, too. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Nets. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to read too much into game one. Kyrie didn't have a, a, a great game. KD looked okay. Uh, What are they? They're one and one right now. They did pull out a a, a win yesterday. It seems like Ben's not doing too well down there yet. Uh, They're trying to figure that out. Uh, Again, I don't want to, I don't want after two games, I don't want to be too drastic on these takes because if they can get it to figure out, or if they can figure it out in Brooklyn, it could really be something special if if Ben can figure out what he's doing. Um, But what, what did you think about the Nets? Anything special with them?
1: No, I think the Nets are rusty. I think the Nets Ooh. are rusty, right? Like they had, have, they haven't had a lot of time on the court yet, right? You can sense that they want to use Ben as much as they can. And I think, honestly, in the Toronto game, the game that they did win, uh, I think that, well, so the first game, I think speaks more loudly about the Pelicans and how excited you and I yes. are, about the Pelicans, than yes. anything it says about the Nets. But in the second game, you got to see Ben Simmons be a little bit more effective. I think he, yeah, he had 10 boards, eight assists, six points. You know, who who's getting mad at Draymond Green for giving that type I'll of, take that. I'll take you know, that. You, that's Ben Simmons. That's doing his mm-hmm. thing. I have no problems with with Ben Simmons doing that. He fouled out of game 1, you know, it is what it is. Uh in like 9 minutes though, Drew. Was, oh no, that was <laughs> that was fast. It was, it was fast.
0: <laughs> right. I,
1: you want yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to defend that. It was bad. That was just pretty bad fouls there. And he has to do better. And I think he did. I mean, he played 33 32 33 minutes in the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Durant is still such a special player that this Nets team should have success. If Ben, if Ben doesn't foul out of games win <laughs> in it 15 helps. minutes, then then I do think there's a real path here for them to, to win more games than I expected. Uh, it does feel as though uh Kyrie is is is, is is there and is in and wants to be in and wants to be a part. I mean, all the, he did an interview with Shams or Shams, however you want to say his name. And it just talked about, you know, you know, uh, having his most recent child and where he is mentally. And and it's a contract year in clips. Number one, I think that might be the most motivating factor, not the kid, not anything else to do with Kyrie Irving is a contract year. And we know players time and time again, history proves, they show out play, this play. This is a good year. Those are good years statistically for players that are in contract years, especially, you know, all-star type of caliber players. So I think this could bode very well for the Nets uh, if they're bought in. I do think they, you know, the Royce O'Neal thing, I think they just, they have to figure out who their lineup is, right? Like the first game Royce O'Neill comes off the bench. They start Joe Harris and then Joe Harris goes to the bench. I, you know, I, they just got to figure that out and that'll take some time because, because while, uh, some of the guys have been there for more than just one year. A lot of them have just not had many games to be played with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, and there's only been two games ever with Ben Simmons. So that to me is okay. That's okay. I think they beat a pretty decent Raptors team in that second game. They I did. think Raptors are pretty, pretty formidable. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're no slouch. They're going to be a tough out every pretty much every game for every team. Uh, but the first game in particular – just I'm so fired up for the fucking Pelicans, man. Yeah, let's so talk that's about that. I'm, I'm on. I think uh, most basketball fans are
0: hyped on the Pelicans, and they're, it's not just Zion. It's everything. Like, and you got to give it up to the front office. You got to give it up to David for putting the right people around this talent. Right? CJ was a really great pickup. My guy Brandon Ingram has been, you know, showing that he's been working his ass off during the summer. He's another one of the guys that looks like he's put on no bullshit. Looks like he's put on 15 pounds. Right? Finally, he Something does, we, thought, right? we thought would happen gradually. It happened over one freaking summer. And I th- but I think that, that can happen if you dedicate yes. yourself to the game. Like, like we saw, he said he'd been a gym rat all summer. He said he would go to the gym, work out, go home, watch the last dance, go back to the gym, go watch more film on Michael. <laughs> he's, he's the guy. And like not having to do that point Zion thing, which just didn't work for them, but I yes. think it's everybody else. It's like, look, man, I would take Herb Jones on my team any single day, yeah. any day of the week. Uh, Valanchunas is a perfect guy for them he's a better Stephen Adams you know but Valanchunas can stretch the floor better they got bucket getters they also have uh, Trey Murphy coming off the bench and to me he's like Phoenix Cam Johnson last year I think this guy they're going because every team wants Trey Murphy this guy can shoot the pill he's big he's long uh, and he he knocks it down consistently I think he's going to be a big player for them this year and I think like Phoenix was this summer with Cam Johnson. I think anybody looking at, to trade with the Pelicans are all going to want Trey Murphy. And I think the front office and management is going to be like, nah, he's off limits, right? We might be able to talk about CJ a little bit, maybe. I don't think they should make any trades whatsoever. I'm not willing to go in all in on the Pelicans and be like, yo, they're winning the West, but they are definitely better this year.
1: Yeah, I, I, I actually would float like a $20 futures bet that the Pelicans win the championship, just because the odds now are going to be better when they're, when they're 20 and five, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? 20, you know, 20, 23 games later, those odds are going to go down. I, they're, they're that impressive to me. And when you have in the first game, their lineup was CJ at the point, Herb Jones or Brandon Ingram at the shooting guard wing those are two wings We don't even know what Herb is what is Herb Herb is, Herb is an amoeba man that dude is just he's a basketball amoeba he's he can do whatever you want him to do Hybrid Herb He only scored 6 points in that first game but I don't his care. defense his defense is and it's every team needs one guy that's willing to to score 6 points in a game Yes but but when you start with McCollum Herb Jones Ingram Zion and Valanchunas, just think about the length of that team. CJ, you know, he's six, whatever, six, three, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But everyone else is long and athletic and can play. And in the second game, while it was a little, I don't know, I thought they would do better against the Charlotte team than they did. They still won by 12, I believe. But in that second game, uh, Valentina scored 30 points. <laughs> Clips. And when when that happens, the Clippers know this firsthand because Valanchunas was just like the Clippers us. last year. Last owns year, in particular, us. he was he was on fire. Why you going to bring Clippers. that
0: up, Drew? Damn. Well, because
1: it, because it speaks to the the it speaks it to does. the talent level we have at, in, in New Orleans for the first time ever. This mm-hmm. franchise, this is the best team in franchise history in New Orleans. I'm not gonna go back to the the Charlotte because Charlotte had their own. It's still better before. than them, huh? It's better than them. Charlotte, Charlotte would say that there's an argument with like the, the Muggsy or Alonzo Morning, that you know that the, those couple seasons there they were pretty good. But I, I would lean that this is probably more stacked. Valentino scored 30 points in the second game. Ingram had 28, and CJ had 21 in both games, 21 points in both games. This is a complete team we're looking at. And 100. This to me needs to be praised mostly because this is so far from what they were before the CJ McCollum trade happened. And I, you know, sometimes it's luck and sometimes it's skill, but the way that they were able to build this team with that GM there, uh, Griffin is, is spectacular. And I don't know whether to like give him the nod for being fucking like super intelligent and figuring out or, or if this just fell into his fucking lap and it was the perfect amalgamation of all this talent. This team is good, Barrel. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're good enough to be a home court playoff team this year.
0: Agreed. I think scouting comes a lot. Of, you know, Grand Theft Alvarado is a great pickup. The Herb is going to be looked at. This guy's going to get paid soon, right, sooner than later. Everybody wants a Herb Jones on their team. When you have a guy like that that played, like, like you said, six points a game, but I saw him block two threes the other night. And something that you and I always bring up is yes. nobody blocks threes. Yes. And, you get you get the we see. Blocked, he, I think Green, he blocked Kevin Durant's jump shot it was too. Yeah. Kevin Durant in the corner, he got one, and then yeah. he got a piece of another one. And you know, we saw Harden go to the line three times in that first game, or that yeah, in that first game against Boston um, for getting fouled on three pointers. Steph gets at least you know two trips a night getting fouled on three pointers because people don't know how to guard it, or it's very difficult to block a three point shot. This guy can do it. The balance of their team, the coaching with Willie Green, I love everything about it. And then like. We didn't even say Zion, right? And then
1: you have this generational dude yeah, in he's Zion. Not even close to how good he's going to be. Well no. month from now, he's gonna be a, a different animal than he is right now. Bro, <laughs> he is
0: so fun to watch. People yes. do not talk about this dude's handle enough, right? And uh, obviously it's bully ball with him. I don't know how you guard him. They there I had a, a league pass team. Uh, that I, I mean, I was really excited to watch Lamelo a lot this year in Orlando and Detroit, right? Yeah. But it's it's them. It's North, yes. it's the Pelicans. They are the team I want to watch. Uh, I didn't really want to watch them uh, against the against the, the Hornets the other night. I w- wasn't <laughs> big on that. I was too busy watching. Look, man. Again, not taking too much away from the beginning of the year, but all the rookies look good too. All right. Uh, Jalen Durant, Paolo looks like he's a ten year vet already. What a body. What a body just, on he's Corey Joseph! Perfect. He's quintessential. Perfect. Like that's what you want your guy to be. He shoot. He looks like he's been playing NBA basketball for yeah. 10 years. Um, Wendell Carter looks great on Orlando too, but that's a day he does. I really like it. They're so big, but the rookies, Jalen Duran, Ivy, uh, Paolo, uh, uh, Jabari Smith, all these guys look Jalen Duran's the youngest player ever to get a d- double, double, uh, ever. And he's the wow. youngest player in the NBA right now. I loved watching the Pistons the first night. And I was kind of laughing because that's like bogey went off for six threes. And you and I, all we were <laughs> talking about was like, if the Lakers could just
1: get one, shooter, one guy,
0: it's the, it's the guy, if we could
1: get one fucking guy Bogdanovich, how was Bogdanovich not in the Patrick Beverly trade? Nope. How nope. did it not we're, happen? Nope. We're just going to finesse them with Olenek. God right? damn it. But
0: they they were really fun to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them. I wanted to say something really quick, and we don't have to talk a lot about it. But two games, I've watched Houston. Right, I've watched yep. the Houston. Rock. They are so fun to watch. Jalen Green has stepped his game up. Yeah. he's uh, he, he is looks bigger. He looks bigger too. He he put on some weight. Stayed in the gym, bro. Yeah. Another guy yeah. that lifted weights, worked on his game. Yeah, I, I and man, tell me if I'm wrong, but KPJ out there on the floor is a John Wall doppelganger, not even including like wearing a Houston jersey. This guy looks and plays just like old John Wall. And with the haircut and everything, that's what you're looking at. But you're looking at the talent. The same goon had a couple couple plays the other night where his footwork was just, it was, it was Hakeem-like. Like this guy is so talented around the rim and they're great for three quarters. And then fourth quarter, it's just a wrap. Like,
1: dude, you're. Well, like that could EV. be a mandate. That could be a mandate. They they, they they, they, still don't want to win this year. Right. I well, mean, as, as exciting as they are, they don't want to win this year. Well, it's funny you say that because the Utah Jazz are 2-0. and Like, is this, Danny This is going to be one of the things that I brought up. This is a headline. Danny Ainge is panicking. Danny Ainge so pissed. is shitting his pants. He's going, what the. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. What? What is happening? Well, I mean, why? Why is this happening? I don't understand. Said
0: Colin, for some reason, Colin Sexton just like, oh, I want the MVP. I'm going right at the MVP's face right now. So you gotta, you got to like it seeing them win, but it's like Danny's probably not too happy about this.
1: Well, I'm excited for Laurie Markin and a guy that we, we, I have praised a lot on this podcast, but both you and I were excited about this opportunity in particular for this kid with no pressure. Finally, no pressure, bro. And uh, he banged out on Rudy Gobert, <laughs> which was awesome. Right. And, you know, I that was something I didn't expect, but it's something that this kid can do. He is six foot 11 legit, maybe even seven foot and is a skilled athlete basketball player, like has everything you would, all the tools we talk about tools a lot, but all the tools are within Laurie Markkinen. This is not an issue where he's like, oh, this is surprising. No, he is good. Colin Sexton, as we have seen in Cleveland, does not care what the score is. Does, I don't even know if he's aware. You, and, and, you know, the most famous aspect of Colin Sexton's history is the game in, in Alabama with all, all of his – literally all of his teammates fouled out except for two others, and they almost won the game. Love this kid. <laughs> so this is not a kid who's used to tanking Right in that sense, right? He's not used to that because he's not going to slow down. The tanking happens when you go, oh, Colin. Really good job, but you have to you have to not play for the last five minutes of the game because we don't want to win these games. It is it is amazing that of the the two and O teams, there's just a handful of them that that remain. That the fucking Utah Jazz is is one of them. <laughs> How amazing is that shit, bro? I definitely wouldn't have expected that at
0: all no way uh, no no way at all and maybe just people are under underestimating them and utah is a hard they're fans it doesn't matter if they're no. tanking or not they're still right. in the building and for whatever reason adam silver silver came out and said that he's going to be watching tanking like closely i don't know how you gauge tanking come on i don't know come on, I, I, I don't know
1: i know you know that's I, a, that's a really great move for adam silver to be like i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch don't worry guys I got this. I'm going to watch it. We're going to check it out. We're going to make sure nothing, everything's above board with the tanking. Like, (laughs) fuck off, dude. What are you going to do? You can't do jack shit. Like, (laughs) you can't, like, unless you can accuse someone of actually point shaving, which Mm -hmm. we have a history of in basketball, uh, which they're not doing. They're just actively trying to lose games. But I, like, how, what, what, it's just, I think it's a great move for Silver to be like, look, I, I said it, I said it, we're watching So now I don't, you know, if the team loses, there should be no blame on me. We're watching, we're making sure Mm -hmm. we have all five players out there, right? They're not sending, uh, you know, someone's grandfather on the floor, right? We got. I think what he, I think what he means by that is he's going
0: to really watch like the load management thing. Like, why isn't this guy playing tonight? Why isn't Devin Vassell playing tonight for for San Antonio? Little things like that, right? You know, and then Um, and
1: then you just got to be real thorough. Like the, there's no reason the, John the there's no
0: reason John Wall should not be playing tonight right. against Sacramento. <laughs> there's zero right, and you could say Kawhi. You can you can make us you know make an argument for it. like he's coming back. We're slowly getting yeah. him back because from ACL. But John Wall has no excuse to not be playing tonight. He's fresh so, as a daisy. I, I totally agree. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to bring up before we get into final thought, it's kind of like a two part because you know. Everybody's been really excited about Luca. We're all excited about Luca. The first thing I thought was like, how did Luca get fat again? Okay? First thing I thought,
1: Wait, I have how- it in my notes. How did it happen? I told you you were all fired up in the office he said, let me see what he looks like opening day. He hey, why are you coming at me like Luca. this?
0: <laughs> Look, I just saw him three weeks ago play overseas. The guy's ripped, chiseled. He's a, he's a Adonis. And then I'm looking and I'm like, dude, how
1: did Luca get fat again? How do you do this in three? All the arm definition is gone. Gone. Got a little pudge on the belly. It's like, fuck, man. I don't understand. And I think Nick Wright.
0: Nick Wright came out and said, you know, Nick Wright likes to make very, very bold statements. And there are things about Nick Wright that I really like. But he came out and said, mark my words, the Dallas Mavericks are going to have the most efficient offense in NBA history. You watch this season; they're going to be the most efficient. I'm like, wow, that's a bold statement. Right. And watching, of course, they, they, they set up Phoenix and, and uh, Dallas. And I really like the Christian wood piece. They rode his tail that third quarter where he got 16 in a row. Luca looked good, but he looks fat and slow again. And of course I'm calling Luca fat when
1: he, he's just he's NBA. Yeah. It's glass houses, glass houses, <laughs> clips, you know, we, we, we live in them. We live in them. But this is the second part of what I want to bring up about this is something that
0: has bugged me. And this might be the boomer clips and whatnot. But that game against Phoenix, it was a close game. They lost by two, right? And it all came down to a Luka technical. And when you look at it, like obviously missed free throws or, you know, a blown layup or something like that. But I'm, I'm talking about in the moment when the game's close, Luka, the one thing he has not changed is he's constantly bitching at the refs still. And he said he even came out and said in the offseason, I like, get something I'm going to work on talking to the refs. Did it the whole game. Okay, the whole game, and then your dumb little tantrum where you throw the ball at the ref, that's a technical technical and the ball, and you lose by two. It's a I'm technical that,
1: everywhere. It's a technical everywhere. Right. By the way, this is always a technical foul. Yes, you
0: need to be re- cognizant of this. You need to know this. You, you lost that game for them. And I saw it, and again, I saw it with Trey Young, I saw it with LeBron James, I saw it with James Harden, I saw it with Embiid. That they are they're constantly. Bitching at the refs and people are scoring on the other end while this is going on. Yeah. Wide open layups, and I, I brought this up in our pre-show, and I know it really doesn't matter in that Laker game, but there was a there was a moment where the uh, uh, Steve Kerr was toying with that that Warriors lineup. It was DeVincenzo Pool, Wiseman, Moody, and uh, Kuminga. Wiseman, well, and Kuminga, right? It was those five, which I think in I don't think that's going to be ran a lot. I think Steve Kerr had the time and the opportunity to do it, so he let it done, but. DiVincenzo, two times in a row, like thought he got, a, he wanted a foul. Didn't get it. Talking to the refs, LeBron scoring on the other end. It bugs the living shit out of me, dude,
1: with all of these. That teams. happened more than that for the Lakers too. And both of those games, both the Lakers are, are definitely in that mix as well. Right, a uh, hundred. Uh, LeBron's doing it at,
0: at all. Times. All the time, all the time. <laughs> I just wanted to stop, man, because that's what timeouts are for. They're never going to change the call on you. Never. You know, Trey did it the other night in a close game. Thought he got fouled on a three. Turns around, looks at the refs, has a conversation while they're scoring on the other end. It drives me crazy. That Luca, that Luca, Dallas Mavericks loss. I'm putting it all on him. Not only do they have the momentum. Uh, and Luca had the smiles and the the screaming at the fans because they have their beef from the playoffs last year. I get it, but I just wanted to stop, man. And and I I guess it's something that they can't stop, Drew. Like, I don't understand.
1: I think for Luca, there is um, a level of communication that they have with European refs, right? What I have seen of like the UEFA league, the champions league in Europe is that there is more of a dialogue, um, with, with those officials. But I also think those officials, um, have a tighter rule book. If you know what I'm saying, like those officials in, in, in Europe, and this happens every time the U S plays, an in international ball. Like it's just a different feel. Like they they can call texts for different things. They, they, they move things differently. And I think they are more conversational. So I think that piece number one is why a lot of European guys that come over have a different feeling, the different feeling about the refs and a different way of communicating. And, and a lot of the times it just yelling at the refs is what happens. But Luca led the league in, in technical fouls last year. If they're going to do anything this year in the regular season to get them beyond you know, a uh, 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 five, six, seven seed, he cannot lead the league in technical fouls because, you know, those are the things that can cost you games just like we saw. Right. And those, that can be the difference of a, of a 57 win team or, or a 51 win team. And that can be the difference of a home court or a way, uh, you know, uh, playoff advantage. Right. So I, I'm unsure about why Luca gained the weight that fast. I'm unsure why he continues to complain. Uh, And I'm unsure of how good this Dallas team is going to be because it really does all like they've bought in. Everyone's in it's Luca. You got to do it, man. So, but if if, if that's going to be the case, he has to mature faster than his age. And we know his game itself, his basketball game, the way he plays is much older than his age, but the maturity level sinks in at different times for everybody, right? His game is one thing. But the way that he interacts with his teammates, the way that he interacts with the referees, that may take a little bit longer than we expect with Luka, at least certainly for me. I don't understand how he can continue down this path and then find success. Like he has to not do those things. He has to not blow up. We've asked this of people time and time again. But like, you know, it's amazing. Like guys like Boogie Cousins, Rasheed Wallace in the past, these guys that like get all these technicals, Uh, they become almost lauded for it. It's like a funny thing. It's like something that like we kind of look forward to is getting like Ron Artest got another technical. Awesome. Like, no, it, for Luca, he cannot go down that path because he is too valuable to the team. And especially in those types of winning moments when you're in the fourth quarter, you can't, you can't do that shit. Can't do that shit. So I, I hope he matures quicker and I hope his maturity matches up more closely with his level of play. Yeah, I just think getting
0: that victory in Phoenix on your on your opening been huge. night, it would have been huge, man. And I was I wanted them to win so bad because you know how I feel about Phoenix. Let, uh, let's do a little Warriors talk before we, we move on. Um, ring ceremony, which was awesome. That ring is so fly, so fly. Uh, obviously, Steph has been great to watch. I think Wiggins uh, looks even better than he did last year. It looks like everything he puts up kind of in the, in the, in the Tatum range, when I'm saying like, I think he's found his niche and found like a really great spot that best suits his talents. Right. And he takes, takes really good buckets or gets to the rack really easily. This guy is again, going to be such a key for them to win, but also like Jordan Poole has started slow. And I kind of feel that it's because he kind of has a target on his back. Now he's not the new kid on the block. Like teams are actually adjusting and like he's on the whiteboard before the game on what we're supposed to do. And, and mind you, he's still a very good, I'm not talking shit about pool at all, but I think he's going to get less of those, you know, one-on-ones and less of those, uh, those attaboys to the rim, you know, pushing him towards the defense, pushing him towards the center. So I think they're focused on Jordan pool a lot more, which you should, when you're playing this team, it's not just Steph and not just clay that you have to adjust for. Now it's Jordan pool. Uh, they did lose last night to Denver is a big, big win for Denver last night, but Do you think that these guys, I mean, they obviously have the talent to do this again, to get back to the finals, but have you seen anything different about the team at all?
1: Different about the team? No. Uh, I think their, I think their first game against the Lakers was, was about as good as it can get for a championship winner that just had all this, you know, weird shit happen in a very public level, right? Like they came out and they, they, they really handled the Lakers pretty beautifully. I mean, there was some times when the Lakers got close, but it really felt like the Warriors were just a different class of of team, right? They mm-hmm. just felt like they were in a different area than where the Lakers were. Uh, the Denver game is it, that's a, that's that's a really tough matchup for them, right? When they have a very competent big man, seven footer, it's just that's like the the perfect antidote, if you will, to what the what the Warriors put out on the floor when you have Jokic on the floor for the, for the nuggets. So I think they're actually in a really good spot and, you know, yeah. granted they're one and one, I think they're good. I mean, I think they're a good fucking team, yeah. man. And I think, you know, Di Vincenzo still has to get used to the way that they, they fire that ball around. They move, they move and they fire the ball around here and there. And I think sometimes he gets a little careless when he's handling the ball Di Vincenzo does, but I think he'll, he'll work that out. He'll get into a rhythm with them. Uh, I think Jordan Poole the same. Uh, I think, you know, he signed that big deal. So not only are people aware of him on the opposition within the opposition's team, but now, you know, he's a 100 million, whatever, 140 million dollar man. That adds some pressure to it, not just from anything other than, oh, shit, I just signed a big contract. I need to perform to the level that I think I can and earn that money. Right. So I think there's a little bit of that in there. Uh, especially with the, <laughs> I mean, the very public shit that happened to him. Uh, so that's, that's it's going to take a little while, I think, for him to just settle down and settle into his role. But I expect that to happen pretty fast. Um, the, the Kevon Looney, Wiseman, Draymond thing needs to be honed in. I think that was that's one thing I would like to see what Wiseman looks like In the Looney starting position, I would love to see what that looks like. And we haven't really gotten a taste of that. And I think that's fine. And I think maybe down the line, we'll see it. But I think there's a chance that as good as Looney is at, especially he's the garbage man. And I mean that with all respect, he's in the right spots. He's willing to set the screens, rebound the ball and put the ball in the hole on an offensive board, all those things. But they could be, you know, maybe a half step to one full step better with Wiseman doing those things. And I think that's something they need to explore or, you know, or Kaminga even in in that Mm -hmm. starting lineup, who is super athletic. I actually, I just think the Wiseman thing is something that I'm looking forward to as a way for them to be even more formidable than they are right now. Uh, But the Denver nuggets, man, Mm. as we've said in the past, but specifically for this warriors team, that's a very difficult matchup for them. And that's part of the reason why I think Wiseman needs a lot of minutes early this year. Because while you won't be able to test him against Jokic constantly night in and night out, but like uh, when you're playing Valanciunas on the Pelicans, give me Wiseman. Let me see what Wiseman can do against Valentunis because you can work your way up to that shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that will be something that can round them out in a, in a potential matchup down the line where the Warriors have to face the Nuggets in the playoffs. It would be great to have that pivot and feel comfortable about pivoting that way if Looney's just getting bossed by Jokic and he gets Jokic bosses, everybody. So I'm not saying Wiseman's going to be the Jokic stopper, but it just gives him a harder, more athletic, more agile and bigger. Look, I don't know. That's the only thing I would say.
0: Yeah. I think most of Wiseman's minutes are going to come in the regular season and then come playoffs. That's where Looney, I mean, Looney knows that offense and defense plays his role better than anybody on that team. And with Kaminga, I'd rather see Kaminga, be the be the garbage man more than try to getting getting his own shots and whatnot because he is so athletic and he can run the floor really well and i think he can get those buckets rather easily running the floor and getting rebounds and whatnot um and we all want to see wiseman do do well did you get to see the uh the draymond doc at all that was so weird that was such a draymond thing to do i haven't seen this yet don't i mean there's i it's just so weird that i think simmons said it too like It's why don't you do that on your podcast and get people to listen to it instead of doing this 21 minute documentary that I know, I know it needed to be addressed and whatnot, but it was weird. I don't even think Golden State Warriors fans watched it. Like did
1: Crompton watch it? Do we even know? I am not sure. I don't know anyone who has watched uh, you. You're the first person that I have uh, that uh, has confirmed actually watching this thing. Yeah, oh, I did. I intend, I intend on watching it, but I I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why Draymond decided to do this. Uh, it's confusing. Well, he said um, it's
0: because he signed a deal with TNT, and they already had set up a time to do, like, something. Right. And then this came up, so they decided to do it this way. I just – I don't know, man. If, if I'm Draymond and Golden State, I would have wanted to just put that to bed. Yes. Like, it's done, right? Yes. Stop asking Jordan. Fary that shit. Yeah, Jordan said, dude. I guess we have, I don't think they're cool at all, but I think they're going to be professionals and play basketball together. And, you know,
1: and Jordan Poole's secure now, you know, he's yeah. not secure his Draymond does not have a four right. year extension or a two year or any sort of extension. So Jordan should be feeling good. And the Warriors did a very good job of getting that out of the way and being like, just so everyone's aware. He got punched in the face, but we're going to give him this deal earlier than we needed to just to solidify any of this bullshit rumors or whatever else might be popping. You
0: might have got 20 million more after the punch, bro.
1: I feel like he did. At least just like here, hate and suffering. At least ten, because Hero got four for one thirty, and I thought I thought that would be mad. They did they bumped him up ten mil for the punch in the face.
0: Hey man, Miami fucked around and gave Hero too much money. This dude's going out there shooting everything now. He's like, yo, He's I'm the best under- offensive th- player. I know, dude. <laughs> I know they messed around and gave the wrong dude some money. He's gonna be. It's gonna be about twenty games in where Jimmy buckets is like, yo, homie, I'm only getting twelve shots a game. What what's going on? Pass here? me
1: the ball, please. Yeah, pass
0: me the ball, brother. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, that's pretty much all I could take away from the first two two days of yeah. basketball. I got Clippers in Sacramento, and I'm I'm excited about the Phoenix game. Give me your final thoughts, Drew, before this iPad dies on me like every other Apple product. Oh, yeah,
1: life. of course, of course. Uh, well, so this I'll stay on topic because, uh, you know, initially my final thought was going to be the whale story, but I, you know, we can't wait. <laughs> we can't good. wait on the whale story. That's got to start the podcast. Yeah. So I got to go to to final uh, final thought B, if you will, or number two as it goes. Uh, and um, it's on the Warriors. It's about Jordan Pool. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And this is very, it's a very silly final thought. But Jordan Pool has a Deadpool tattoo on his leg, and I thought that was awesome. And I love it. <laughs> I and didn't even my, know that. And that's my fucking <laughs> final thought. I think his nickname should be Deadpool. Ooh, and I think that's something we need to champion for him. I think it's like one of the coolest things, like, you know, the Splash Brother thing. There's something there within the Splash. But I think the Deadpool Ooh. and the Splash Brothers, like that could be fun. And that's really all I have to say. I love the Deadpool tattoo. I'm going to call Jordan Poole Deadpool from now on. I love it. So I'll
0: get tank for Wimbo. You take Deadpool. I'm fine with calling Jordan Poole Deadpool. He's got to earn that, though.
1: Got to earn yeah, well, that. Well, I think he did last year. I mean, the, you know, he did. He hit. I think he hit more half court shots last year than I've ever seen any one. He did. Player. <laughs> He's fun I to mean, watch. Stephs man. hit a lot too, but you know, I think Deadpool is a great nickname for him. And uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I I saw it randomly. He was trying to shoot. I was like, that's a fu- is that Deadpool. I paused it. paused it on my screen. Uh-huh. I said that eh, that's definitely Deadpool. And I, I, I like that Ryan a lot. Reynolds, so there's no there's no reason not to call him Deadpool. I love that a lot, and. Uh,
0: one guy we didn't talk about, which we should have this show, but we'll get into it more, is like Jaw is just doing so much Jaw oh, things we right didn't, now.
1: We didn't if, we didn't touch on Jaw. it's fine.
0: Everybody saw Jaw. We Amazing. saw what he did last night. Was Amazing. that? Amazing. Oh my God. He's box office. It's it's I don't you know, name me three other players that are more fun. I mean it's Steph, it's Zion, and it's Jaw, right? As the guys that we want to watch play basketball. Like that's what you want to do.
1: I think I think about this a lot relatively frequently. If I could be one player for one day and play in an NBA game, I think I would choose Ja Morant. Like Zion would be a lot of fun, right? Some of these really big jumpers, but I mean Ja is obviously up there. I, I think if I could choose one guy to be, I think I would choose Ja Morant. Okay. I, I mean he's just I want him to keep keep it going, man. I want this athleticism
0: to last. I really do because it's going okay with, right now, Clips. Well, it let's is. Knock
1: on some wood. We'll knock. We're on knocking wood. on wood.
0: We're knocking on wood. My final thought is going to be a, a a plug for myself. That's what it's going to be. I'm going to plug good. something. Well, dude. Th- so, Basketball News is letting me do a a uh, diary, a Clipper diary throughout the year. It was something that came up at Summer League with our CEO Scott. I told him I'm like, I really want to talk back. This is. I'm like, I am doubling down on our team this year. We're winning a championship. I'm not going to say that dumb shit if we're healthy. Maybe if all the stars align, no, I am going to stick by my guns. The Clippers are winning a championship. I don't think there's a better person on this planet to do a Clipper diary than myself. Um, because we can't let Clipper Daryl be our voice. All right. Cause all he is, is a jinx. And I just wish Facebook would take away his Instagram and his Facebook. I hate it. I hate it so much, but I'm really excited about it. They're going to be shorts. They're going to be for YouTube. Uh, Hopefully they're not going to have to be done on this stupid iPad because I need my computer back so I can make cool videos, but it's only going to help the clips and drew brand. It's going to help me get some stuff off my chest. So we don't have to talk about the Clippers all that much on this. I mean, we're still going to talk about the Clippers. Don't get me wrong, but if you want more of a Clipper fix, I'm going to be doing something on basketball news. And I'd like you guys all to tune in
1: because that's just what I want this is very exciting clips. I'm very, I'm very excited for you. It, this is the most exciting season in Clipper history. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense for you to be doing this. When can everyone expect that first video on YouTube? Well, I did the teaser. I put that on my own page.
0: I was planning on having the first video up after our first three games. So I was going to do, I want to do it twice a week. I want to do it. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do it almost after every game, but they're like, yo, bro, chill clips. You know, you don't need to do that. Right. I'm like, all right. So maybe I'm going to be doing it twice a week. I am it's just going to be very quick. They're going to be four or five minute videos, stuff that we can use on our page. They can use on YouTube and on basketball news. And I think there's going to be a lot of interest in this team this year. There isn't a lot of there's nobody doing it on YouTube, at least talking like every team has a bunch of people doing videos, right? Like fans or whatever you want to call it. And there's no reason for the Clippers not to have one. And if we are going to have one, I'd rather it be myself, right? So that's just what it's going to be. And I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate the opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm I'm doubling down on it, Drew. I'm winning a championship this year, okay? I don't care. As much it. as we like the Pelicans, we like the Golden State Warriors, we like all the Brooklyn Nets, Philly, whatever, Clippers yeah. are winning it.
1: That's great. I'm I'm very excited. I I I mean honestly, clips with with the outlook that I have for the Lakers, uh, I'm excited to watch this Clippers do something that has not been done before. Right. I'm going to lean on the fact that I have you in my life as a Clipper fan. We're not directly competing this year. You know, it, no. it would be nice if we were both in the realm like we were just a couple seasons ago. Be like, oh shit, maybe we'll have a. Western Conference finals between the Lakers and Clippers. The Lakers are not even close to tasting the playoffs, it's, in my opinion. So I think it's fantastic. I will be vicariously living through you. I sincerely hope that the Clippers do not shit the bed. I want oh, them boy. to be a powerhouse you. this year. I want them to be a powerhouse this year. I want them to have some success just so that they can get to the finals and then lose to, like, Milwaukee. That would be great. That's I mean, if, I could, if we could have that, that would probably be the best possible outcome for me. Outside of the Lakers winning a championship, which is not going to happen.
0: Well, it's it's funny because in the teaser, I, I was saying like this this season will be devastating if we don't make if we don't win a championship. And I'm like, you know what? And we got to get to the NBA Finals, and it won't be devastating. <laughs> right? Let's cross but, but,
1: let's cross that finish line first. You
0: know what I mean? The, the the rivalry and the reason why Clips and Drew works is because we are Clippers fans, we are Lakers fans, we are fans of the NBA. We can talk about everything. But it, personally, there isn't that I hate the Lakers, and I think some of my Clipper fan friends don't like that about me anymore. Right. There isn't that. I don't hate, I I don't hate the Lakers. Like one of our, one of our homies Ernie made a shirt that's with Pat Bev on it and they were, they were tagging it out like spray painting Pat Bev. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't feel that way about Patrick Beverly. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to burn his Jersey. I don't want to cross him out. I love Patrick and he did a lot for our team. I don't hate them that much. Right. And, if you are a basketball fan and no basketball at all, you got to respect the greats, man. And I'm not saying Patrick Beverly is, but I respect LeBron. Since we've done this show, like I love LeBron James. Does that mean I love the Lakers? No. I don't wish ill will on anybody. I don't want to – I want – I don't think there's anybody in Los Angeles that is pulling for Russell Westbrook more than me. I want him <laughs> to come back. I am, dude. I am because now I'm starting to feel sorry for him, dude. I know that he cannot let this be his final chapter in his career. You can and do not let the media and, and the fans push you out of this town. He is such a talent, man, and I can see it on his face. Like Pat, like uh, Chuck was saying, like I see it that the, the joy is not there right now, dude. And I just hope he can come out of this funk. And unfortunately, at the, you know when we're talking about this in three months, I don't think he's going to be a Laker anymore, and that sucks. That his tenure with the team is going to be that. But yes, listen to the show. I'm going to do dope stuff, just like Clips and Drew do. Uh, but it's going to be Clipper focused, and uh, I'm glad we got this podcast out, Drew. We got something done. Uh, you're the it, you're it was hard,
1: to... it was difficult, it was <laughs> so not hard. easy.
0: Oh, th- People think that this is an easy job. I've said it before; it's not easy. The time it takes. This is going to end here. At, it's six thirty p.m. Drew's going to have to do the editing and put it out. So a lot of work goes into this because we love what we do. We love basketball, and we love doing this for you. And our, you know, our follower growth has been going up uh, every single week, every month. And look, I want, I want to say this too. Um, for those of that follow our Instagram page, our stories are incredible. They used to be really good, but I have access now to so much up-to-date, into-the-minute games of what's going on that if you love our page, check out our stories, because these take a lot of time to do too, but they are uh, purposely crafted for the games that are going on at night and you'll see pictures that nobody else will be able to see and I think it's really cool I don't have you noticed
1: yes absolutely
0: they're so cool man shout out to basketball news for letting us get these because I, I up to date like when the photographers are taking them they're uploaded loaded to their their phone and I we get them we get to use them so uh, check out our stories. Tell a friend about us. This season, Drew, no, nobody is going to outwork us this year. Zero. I, I, I am steadfast on that,
1: that nobody's going to outwork we us. You are the Brandon Ingram of podcasts.
0: I, man, that's what I'm doing. We are. We are Brand- We are Herb Jones, bro. We are the hybrid <laughs> herds. Nobody's outworking us. So, Drew, enjoy Oxnard. We're going to be coming back shortly. Hopefully, the Clippers will be 3-0. and Hopefully, the Lakers get a dub. Who do you got next, Drew? You got it.
1: You I don't fucking know who we play next. <laughs> Clips. I ain't out here looking at the schedule like that. I just watch the game. Whoever we fucking play, we're gonna lose. It sucks. I fucking hate it. Somebody, some Laker fans that listen to us, hit up
0: Drew. Talk, talk some bass. Talk some sense into him. Turn, take him off of the balcony. Okay, he needs some some encouraging words. I just so- the, the 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 trade cannot happen soon enough. Let's go. Let's make it happen. So follow through with Clips and Drew, y'all. We'll be back soon. We're ghost. You know what